Welcome to Lift Up Your Heart, where we celebrate the good news of the gospel and the Catholic faith. I'm Gina Christian, here with Oblate Father Thomas Daly, who holds the John Cardinal Foley Chair of Homiletics and Social Communications at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary in Wynwood, Pennsylvania. Through this podcast, we'll be highlighting messages of hope for a church and a world where the news we hear is too often despairing. But when we find a reason to rejoice in Jesus Christ, we can all learn to lift up our hearts. Welcome, Father. It's great to hear you again. Great to be with you, Gina. So, Father, you've written a new book, Behold This Heart, St. Francis de Sales and Devotion to the Sacred Heart. It's available through Sophia Institute Press online and in bookstores. Before we get started, what is the Sacred Heart? Well, the book may be new, but the Sacred Heart and devotion to it certainly is not. It goes back to the the time of Jesus and, and his crucifixion. And the scene that is recorded in the Gospel of John, in which the Roman soldier uh, lances Jesus' side with a spear, and from his heart flows out blood and water. So from that biblical mystery, there developed a devotion to the heart itself of Jesus, pouring out divine love for us, literally, and symbolically being the sign of the depth and extent of God's love for us. So it goes back to the time of Jesus. It's been popularized more recently due to the apparitions of Jesus and his sacred heart to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, a visitation nun who lived in the 17th century. She received these mystical apparitions in, well, the major ones were 1673 to 75 in which Jesus showed her his sacred heart, reminding her of his love for humanity, saying to her that we human beings need to behold this heart that has so loved the world, because we tend to forget that, and asking her to implement the solemnity of the sacred heart, the liturgical feast, which is being celebrated on June 11th this year, and also to spread devotion to his sacred heart around the world, which he has done. And that devotion has become so profoundly popular. I know I myself grew up with many images of the sacred heart. I have several in my home. Why is the sacred heart devotion so popular? Well, I think there are probably two major reasons for that. One is the heart itself. I mean, that's that's central to who we are. Every single one of us has one. Every single one of us lives profoundly through our hearts. You know, we, we do what we love. It's, it's the, the centerpiece of our lives, if you will. Even our broken hearts profoundly affect us. So it's really the central place, if you want to call it that, in terms of being human. And so we can certainly relate to Jesus, who also had a human heart. It happened also to be a perfectly divine and sacred heart. But there's a connection there. There's a kind of natural connection to the heartfelt life. The second reason I think it's been so popular is because of its basis in an image. It's pretty easy to picture a heart 
and therefore to picture a sacred heart. And so it becomes something very real, something I can see, something I can almost enter into. And so the the popularity of it, I think, stems from that universal connection we have to a heart, but also the prayerful connection we have to picturing the sacred heart. Now, the cynic would say, oh, my goodness, look at this image. There is a bit of, as you put it, you know, in an aside, a hokey history, unfortunately, connected with the sacred heart image. I mean, on the one hand, you have mystical apparitions and and mammoth constructions in Paris and even auto league decals on people's dashboards. You know, how does that tie in with the devotion? Does it do it a disservice? Well, I think you have to realize that we're, you know, we're talking across centuries of time and, and people's artistic tastes, if you will, will certainly vary, you know, from the idea of mystical visions to our kind of realistic world that sounds almost too supernatural, but it, it, it's real. It happens rarely, but it happens. The mammoth construction of the Basilica of the Sacred Heart in Paris, just sort of a gigantic almost over-the-top kind of devotion to the Sacred Heart. Okay, that's what they did in those days. And even here in our country, the auto league that distributed those little decals of the Sacred Heart that people have in their cars. Frankly, it was a brilliant idea. Everybody's in a car. So I think while it may seem strange to our modern tastes, particularly images of the heart separated from a body, you know, the great artistic images of of Jesus holding his heart in his hand, they're not meant to be literal expressions. They're not meant to invoke kind of a bloody, horror, ghoulish kind of picture, but the power of art to touch our souls, to get us to to think more, to react more, to be present to and appreciative of the Sacred Heart. I mean, every time somebody sees that image in their car, at least for a second, they're going to think of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And hopefully their driving will improve. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully. The way people drive today, we do need the Sacred Heart Auto League out there. So a shout out to them. Keep doing because we need it. We definitely do. But what was interesting as I was reading through your book is that actually from a psychological perspective, it's very it's very savvy, and it really addresses human nature in our emotional needs, in our psychological and mental needs. Can you talk a little bit about how the book is set up to bring you into the Sacred Heart and have that touch you throughout every aspect of your being? Well, this is really, I think, the genius of St. Francis de Sales. And so the book sort of lays out at the beginning the connection between the Sacred Heart devotion and the spirituality of St. Francis de Sales. He's the one who, along with St. Jane, founded the religious order of the Visitation, of which St. Margaret Mary was one of the sisters. But anyway, his insight, his great insight and sort of vision for life was the importance and centrality of the human heart. It's the heart that moves us in life. And so he talks about prayer as a matter primarily of the heart. So he teaches a method of meditation which includes First, considerations for the mind, so beginning to wrap our our minds around and think about, for instance, the gospel scene of Jesus' heart being pierced. You know, think about that. What what if you were there? What did it look like? What did it sound like? How would you react to that? But those considerations are meant primarily to stir our hearts. 
So what are what are the affections that we experience in putting ourselves in those those biblical scenes, in in seeing the heart of Jesus, in pondering the the profound love that God has for us. What does that do to my heart? And then, because we are human beings and we act in life, the third piece, if you will, or the third element of his prayer method was to form resolutions. Now that I've thought about this revelation of God, now that I have been affected by it there in the core of my being, what am I going to do with this? What can I do with this today? How can I... How can I respond? How can I, to use St. Margaret Mary's words, return love for love? And that then envelops the whole person, mind, heart, will, in this spiritual experience. And that really is something that relates to us here in the 21st century, especially the chapter on Jesus and the broken heart. Talk a little bit about Christ being willing to let his own heart be broken in love. Well, that's certainly the depth and extent of God's love for us. I mean, you know, God didn't have to do anything. He made us. He could set us free, leave us on our own and, and be done with it. But God cares so much, just like a human being would care, that he comes to this world. He dies for us. He, he sees the woundedness and brokenness of human life. He tries to heal that. He dies on the cross to save us from that sinfulness. and does so by completely pouring out his heart for the love of human beings. So you read the stories in the Bible about Jesus healing people and forgiving people, and you see in action the sacred heart at work. And that's the picture, if you will, or that's the the narrative image that the gospel writers are trying to portray, and that if we sit with that and think about that and pray about that, Hopefully, we can become a little bit more healing and merciful and kind. And that's a reason to indeed lift up our hearts. Absolutely. Father Thomas Daly, thank you so much. Author of Behold This Heart, St. Francis de Sales and Devotion to the Sacred Heart. We're looking forward to this new podcast series where we can find many reasons to lift up our hearts, knowing that they are within that great and mighty sacred heart. That's the goal of it all. Thank you so much. Thanks, Gina. You've been listening to Lift Up Your Heart with Oblate Father Thomas Daly and Gina Christian. This podcast has been a production of CatholicPhilly.com and the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. Music by Ixon. For more information on our podcast, visit us online at CatholicPhilly.com. And until next time, take hold of the good news and lift up your heart.